Welcome to Holistically Heal Thyself. I am Jess Pfeffer, the founder of Jess Pfeffer Holistic Event Planning, and I'm excited to connect with Atlanta locals who inspire me and offer the community experiences to connect. They'll be sharing their journeys to the work that they do and leaving you with tips, tools, and techniques for you to use in your own business or personal life. Today, I am chatting with Erica Klahar, founder and executive director of Umi Feeds. Welcome, Erica. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. A little background. We were connected through my partner, Robbie. We both work out of the Lola. And every time I see you, you just bring a smile to my face. You're doing such great work. And I am so excited that in your busy schedule that you were able to spend some time with me. So I would love for you to do a quick little introduction for the audience and tell us a little bit about who you are and we'll go from there. So my name is Erica. Um, I go by Umi in the food space. Umi means mother, nurture, servant. Um, and yeah, and I've been, I've been hosting. Wow, what am I saying? Can you edit that out? No. <laughs> um, yes, I can, but let's start again because it's so much easier okay. from the beginning. So, okay, ready? What I was saying, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Okay, ready? Hold on. Welcome to Holistically Heal Thyself. I am Jess Pfeffer, the founder of Jess Pfeffer Holistic Event Planning, and I'm excited to connect with Atlanta locals who inspire me and offer the community experiences to connect. They will be sharing their journeys to the work that they do and leave you with tips, tools, and techniques for you to use in your own business or personal life. Today, I am chatting with Erica Klahar, founder and executive director of Umi Feeds. Welcome, Erica. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on as I have been following you. Even when I was in South Florida, I heard about you through my partner, Robbie, and I've been so lucky to be reconnected with you as we both share space at the Lola. So thank you so much for coming on. And we would love to hear a little bit about who you are and we'll go from there. Yes. So my name is Erica, but in the food space, I go by Umi. Um, Umi means mother, nurture, servant. I've founded Umi Feeds in 2016. I started volunteering in 2015. They were, I was at an event, they were throwing food away. And I just decided that I shouldn't, we shouldn't just waste this food. We should do something with it. And that's kind of how Umi Feeds is born. Beautiful. And um, when you say an event, and of course that always sparks my interest, you yes. know, was this an event here locally? This is um, a local. Richmond. Okay. Tell us this more. Is a, this is a local um, city of Atlanta event, um, an art and an art and event, and they had food. And so at the end of the event, they were, you know, we were cleaning up and we were tossing everything. And I was like, oh, wow, we just throwing away this food. This is, even though it wasn't a lot, it was enough to serve people and feed people with a little bit that we did have. So that's just kind of how it got started. But if we go back, originally I'm from New York. <clears throat> from Queens, New York, and my aunt used to do this as well. Her name is Nidea, and but um, they, she also went by Umi as well. And so I would pack, I would help her prepare some meals, and we would go to Manhattan at the time. And this is like late '80s, early '90s, and we would serve the, the people experiencing homelessness in in New York City. And that's kind of where the foundation, I say, was laid at that time when I was a teenager. Here I am doing the same thing known as Umi, just the same as my aunt. 
Oh, that's so beautiful. I love when there's a, a family connection and yeah. it sounds like it was already rooted in you at a young age to yeah. be in this space. And and also you said something that I would love to touch upon because I hesitate sometimes and you know, I like to be careful and respectful of yes. you know titles or labels. So yes. I heard how you said uh, people experiencing homelessness. Can you yes. speak a little bit about why that verbiage is a little bit more appropriate? Because <clears throat> you want to get sensitivity to um, to everyone, no matter what their circumstance and situation is. And so just being respectful that this is just an experience, it's not who they are. They are normal people just going through a tough time at the time. Sure, okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I kind of just would relate to that working uh, with mental health population. Um, mm -hmm. I also like to use it when instead of saying someone is bipolar, or is schizophrenic, is that they have it right? Mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm. not who they are. It's not yeah. them as a person. Um, yeah. It's what they're experiencing. So that's right. how I could, you know, relate to yeah. that expression. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, they're, they're people and that's what I treat them like. I treat them like they're people, you know, giving them humanity. They're someone's loved ones. Someone is concerned about them and <clears throat> someone cares. And so to just say they're homeless, just, it just separates them from being a human being, you know, so they're a human being that is having this experience as we all are. We all have different experiences. And so just to kind of give it a little bit of respect. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And walk us through that journey. So you started doing this when you were younger. You're now in Atlanta. You go to this event. What is it like to start a nonprofit? Let's let's hear the, the goods and bads, because I'm sure there's some <laughs> listeners out there that are like, we want to do it. So anything yeah. you can share about it. I would say go for it if you but have the heart for it. You know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not that. It is something to me you have to have compassion and the heart for and patience for and the time for. Um, I got started when I was doing the work. I was volunteering in October of 2015 and I was going out and I just kind of wanted to see what one person could do. So when I went out there and it was just me, it was at night, um, I was serving them and it was a regular occurrence. I felt like a waitress in a restaurant as I was serving people seated. Um, they were playing games, they were playing chess and, you know, and they were, they were considerate. They were seated, you know, it was easy. And so I went out there and, you know, and, and it gave me, it gave me a view into the life because as I was out there serving, there was this one gentleman, he asked me, he said, do you have anything vegetarian on the plate? Now, I'm, my children are vegetarian and I'm pescatarian. And so it was like, wow, you know, you think about, you know, most people say, well, I'll just eat anything. They're, they're, they're going through this phase. And it's like, <clears throat> well, people don't want just anything. They have preferences. They have diet, um, dietary preferences. And it may be just based on their own personal preference or it could be based on the religion. And we don't want to ignore that. So it kind of shed some light in that very, my first time out and I was like okay so we got to make sure that we have food for everybody because everybody is represented out here tonight and so it was it was just eye-opening and to to go through the process as far as getting your nonprofit status is not really hard I did everything by myself so you don't have to pay um grant writer you know thousands of dollars to get your nonprofit designation um it was a simple um, process. I went and did everything. Uh, um, you go to, I think, irs.gov and 
uh, fill out the applications and get your necessary paperwork in. And, you know, that part is the easier part because it's just applications and paying fees. But the real part is, you know, doing the work, being consistent, um, you know, doing all of the things that, you know, you want to do because I'm in a, uh, an accelerator now and, you know, a lot of folks, they'll be busy doing the work, but not the business, you know, sometimes it's hard to tackle the business part. So it's, it's all eye opening. It's all a learning process. You're learning as you're going. Um, if you don't already come in with a certain level, I have a marketing degree. I'm a creative, uh, a creative person. So this is totally something that, um, was not in my plans, you know, but when we look at, um, the creator's plan and God's plan for you. This is this was his plan for me. Beautiful, definitely was. Yeah, when you said about the easy part, so um, signing up, great, you know, applications, which again, it might be easy for one. So I love being able to acknowledge. So what would you say were some of the obstacles or what areas for a nonprofit? Because at least I know I'm somewhat new to it. You know, mm -hmm. obviously there's fundraising. Right. I always look at events, which we'll, we'll touch yes. upon. But what have been some of the obstacles and or some of the wins? I would love to hear about both. Sure. I would say the obstacles are you're starting out and you're doing it by yourself. You know, getting awareness on your mission and your goal. You know, those things are you know, can be challenging, you know, funding. Do you have enough money to get the, even the application in um, for this application, for that, you know, for that application, for this, you know, it, it costs money and sometimes people may not have the money right away. So that part and just not knowing, you know, it's, it's, you know, they say you don't even know what you don't know because this is a, this is something that may be foreign to you. I didn't know the procedures for starting a nonprofit, but you know, Google is your friend and we can look up things and we can also ask other people who may have already started a nonprofit. So you can kind of ask them for a little bit of guidance. Um, but the wins are the community that I get to build. I get to meet people. Um, I get to do what I love. Like I love food. I love people. So I get to do that every day and I get to be in different environments um, building community, building trust with people. Like those are my favorite things. I get to introduce foods to people. Um, I get excited when I'm giving them something I know they may not have had before. And so like, those are wins because when you introduce someone like, Oh, I didn't eat this before, but Oh, it's actually pretty good. And then they start eating it. And you know, when you see um, health benefits, like to me, those are the wins, the relationships, you know, are really just key and essential, even the relationships with the donors and then, you know, the people who need it. I think those are, to me, like some of the greater wins. Sure. And I, I, you brought up also about the health aspect of it. And I love oh how God. you touched upon, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I know that was a big part of your canned food drive, which you had recently. Sure. And, and that was a big thing that I really was impressed and I would love for you to share more on. But wasn't yes. just give us any canned no. food or, no. you know, because and I know you could speak more, but I, I definitely, yeah. am, I am passionate about we're feeding people that need the health and the wellness the most. Yes. Yet it's the hardest. So can you share about how that program went yeah. and what the idea was? Yeah. So I used to work at Emory um, Transplant Clinic. And while I was working at Emory, we saw so many folks coming in needing kidney, liver, lung, heart transplants. 
and then later they had hand transplants but like the the amount of people coming in needing kidney and liver the amount of black folks coming in specifically needing kidney and liver I was like wow I wasn't really familiar with the transplant world I didn't know anyone personally that was affected by kidney disease or anything like that growing up that I was aware of and to see all these people come in and you know trying to get on the list um, and, and this is, and, and a lot of these folks are not even from Georgia, but they're going to any place, any transplant clinic that can get them on the list. So they go there, they go to John Hopkins and other places, you know, trying to get listed. And so it, it impressed upon me at an early age or early on, it was that, you know, health is, health is really important. Nutrition is important because if your nutrition is not up to par among but other things, you, you can't even get listed. And then post-transplant, you know, you need to have a healthy body to be able to store this new organ that you got. So health is important even post-op. And so it was like, wow, so many people coming in, so many Black folks have kidney disease and, and, and liver disease and hypertension and diabetes and all these different things. And it's like, well, I wonder, you know, there's some correlation to nutrition. Nutrition has to be, you know, an important factor in all of this. And so if we can give them, give folks healthy and um, nutritious meals and food that maybe, you know, we can lower some of these stats on people coming here. <clears throat> and a lot of times in black communities, low income black communities, they don't have the access. And so there's nothing in the area. There's no, no anchor store that's, you know, worth anything. Like I have a community garden as well. And one of, and there's about four stores that I can think of off the top. One is family dollar and the other are, one is a supermarket and the other are like delis, you know, quote unquote. And all of them, Quick Trip has better stuff. It's, it's nothing, you know, healthy about it. Even the, I, I went in one and they have, everything is like behind, um, behind this like plastic petition. And just that, that, that does something to your psyche when you can't even touch the food because it's held behind some, some plastic bar, you know, it's just, or some plastic petition is just, to me, that is, I don't even have the words for what that is, but that is, that, that plays with a person's mental, like you're going to a place and this is where you're building community and they don't even want to touch you. They got a, a thing protecting them from you, you know, just not a place that I, that is inviting, not a place that I want to get food or get fed. And so when I decided to host this um, food drive, I was intentional about asking for stuff that has low sodium, as low sodium as possible, low sugar, no corn syrup, no corn syrup in any other product. So we're not asking for like canned um, fruit or anything like that. I was asking for apple cider vinegar. I'm asking for coconut oil, you know, olive oil, grapeseed oil. Uh, we're asking for dried beans, um, you know, just good stuff that will, you know, help them promote, you know, healthy eating. And and I think, you know, I was so thankful for what people gave because they gave consciously. And I think that's really important. It's just we're not just throwing anything. We, we, should, we know you can get, um, you know, some dry, some canned stuff and it'll be 69 cents, you know, in the can, but like preferably if we can, you know, just be a little more conscious and a little more deliberate and intentional about what we give folks, you know, um, 
And I think that's important. That's an important ask. And people feel better about giving it to them. Like, wow, you know, I'm going to be this intentional next time when I get to somebody else. Maybe they're not even asking for that, but I'm going to be more intentional about making sure that I give them something that I would eat or something that is healthy, you know, healthy for them. So I, I think it was really important. It was, it was really great to see um, that people stepped up in that kind of way. Sure. Well, it definitely comes from the top down. So I think you setting that precedence is beautiful because you're right. Sometimes we need to see it to even recognize the importance of it. And then also for us to duplicate it, sometimes it's hard. And I think that's human nature, right? We kind of want to do quick and easy or fast and easy. And we're not really looking at the big picture. So it's really great that you have taken that extra thought and, and use that as part of, I'm sure, your purpose and your vision with Lumi Feeds. Um, and I know that's only one of your programs. Can you share a little bit? You mentioned about your community garden. Um, anything yes. else that you've been working on? Yes, yeah, so we have <clears throat> part of our programs. We have Whitehall Terrace Community Garden, which is a community garden um, with the city of Atlanta. One of their pilot programs called Atlanta Grow a Lot. So they have community gardens in um, areas that were considered blighted, food deserts and whatnot. So um Whitehall Terrace Community Garden is located in Mechanicsville, not far from the Old Brave Stadium. It is, uh, for me, a pantry garden. We're also wanting to develop a um, horticulture therapy garden and a sensory garden as well for people with different um, mental behavioral needs, such as autism and ADD and ADHD and other behavioral um, other behavioral problems. So. Yeah, so that's one program. Then I have Soul Food Sunday, which is our um, impact meal service that is through Safe House, where we serve um, people experiencing homelessness. Um, we meet there the first Friday and third Tuesday of the month. Uh, Whitehall Terrace Garden is the first and third Saturday of the month. Both opportunities are listed on Hands on Atlanta um, separately. And then we have our senior meal service. Um, where we serve seniors who are in low-income housing. And then um, we also serve people who are just food insecure. And then we have a pantry program that is inside of Sylvan Middle School. That started from a friend of mine who was a teacher. I didn't even know she was a teacher. Sent me a message through Facebook, sending me a letter that a kid wrote saying that they were just tired of the school lunch. They didn't like what was being served and they just wanted something different, something better. And she sent that letter to me. And you know, just so happened, I had just started my partnership with um, Sweetgreen and I was able to provide the school with like over 300 salads. So everyone in the school and in their families was able to get, you know, nice, healthy, sweet green salads. So it was it was um, a good marriage. Beautiful. Yeah, it's one of my favorite spots. And I yes. love like, local organizations find the need. And again, going back to that, like yes. starting from where, you know, beautifully it can, you know, if it's possible is, is the school system is the, yes. you know, I'm from South Florida. And I, I used to teach elementary school and it was really wow. tough for me to be like, all right, you keep just giving everyone this milk yeah. and this chocolate milk. Right. And, just has just as much sugar as you know coca-cola and right and, and i know michelle obama has been on a beautiful track um trying to lead away from that i, I haven't followed as much as i'd like to um, yes. but being able to get to schools and yeah and, and it also goes back to like education so you know it's Good super part. important that we also have those conversations of you know what changes we can make um uh -huh. but ex explaining it 
because a lot yeah. of times this stuff kind of just happens and we're on the go, go, go um, with beautiful outcomes. But at the same time, it's hard to get out of that if we're not mm. explaining it, right? Or if people are yes. not a little bit of the understanding of why it's important not to have the corn syrup. Or again, if you don't, oh you don't if you don't know, you don't know. If you don't know that <clears throat> syrup is bad, it's high sugar. Like, yeah. and, and so I, I do love those conversations. And, yeah. you know, with all your different programs, um, what's your day-to-day look like as, as, as running a nonprofit like this? The day-to-day is busy. When I tell you, it is so busy because as you grow, and for anybody listening, as you grow, you will start talking more about your business sometimes than you are actually doing the business. And so you're, you're, you're trying to bring awareness to, to your mission. You're trying to educate. You're trying to fundraise all at the same time. Um, and you're trying to, you know, you're just trying to shed some light on what's going on because it wasn't until I shared it socially that people really were like, wow, this is really what's going on because, you know, we live in a bubble. You live in your house and your subdivision or not, you know, your apartment, wherever you live. And, you know, you may not see that as a part of your everyday. And so when I took to video, it allowed people to see, to be right there. Um, and, and, and. And be uncomfortable, you know, be uncomfortable with what you see. And so it was a great tool that I used that helped me to spread the word even more. Because I can say this one thing, but when you see it, it's another thing. When you see it in mass, it's a whole other thing. And so people were like, I want to be involved. I want to help. And so, you know, that it, it wasn't necessarily the intention, but it definitely helped to bring some shed some light see what's going on see who's affected you know see these areas and you know and see like how can we all help because i consider myself a community steward and my contribution is food i feel like everyone has something to give and if we band together in that sense of community that we all share something and so i'm sharing food healthy nutritious food intentional um and, and I think everybody can do something. So it's just a call to action. Like, what can you do? Let's, let's get out here. Let's get, let's band together. I had a friend, she, um, Yellow Mat Yoga, her name is Sia. She came out there and did breath work with the folks when we were serving. I had a, a barber, a friend that's a barber, came out, gave people haircuts. You know, you don't understand how transformative a haircut is. And it's like, you're seeing them transform and gain confidence just by, you know, a simple cut. And so we've had a lot of different services. I had a friend, she was a librarian um, here and she she moved to um, back to Alabama, but she brought out some books and stuff for folks to read. And so, you know, we know that people also want to read books and they want to educate themselves and get out of the situation. So from time to time, I pick up books and share it with, with people. We've had so many different um, things. I have cooking demos and we were doing mobile markets. I had cooking demos to show people kind of how to eat this food, how to different ways to prepare it. And, and, um, and it was really great because people who are traditionally meat eaters are now eating, you know, something, an alternative for them. You know, you're eating chickpea flour as an omelet, you know, like introducing people to walnut tacos as meat, you know, on lettuce and not, you know, breaded and stuff like that, courtesy of Chef Zoo. So, you know, just kind of showing people in a, in a friendly, familiar way that, you know, you can change your diet through different things and it doesn't have to be such a challenge, you know? And so that's why the garden is there as well to offer that bit of education, 
um, to get your hands dirty, put your hands, you know, get reconnected back to the land, back to the soil, you know, growing and glowing. You know, it's, it's so much fun when you, you can taste something that you actually grew. So, I mean, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of being a part of it and getting people engaged, you know, young folks and folks of all ages, you know, engaged in the garden and growing. And that's actually how I met Robin. So I meet some great people and I, I love that. Sure. Yeah. The full circle of, of starting from the ground up, right. Cause that's mm -hmm. definitely a part of it. And, you know, with your busy schedule, I'm, I, I hope, but I, I will ask candidly, do you have a, a practice in your life of how you eat or move or exercise or any non-negotiables that takes time for yourself? So I, I, I try to have those days. I started to realize that once I say, I'm going to have this day, <laughs> that becomes the busiest day for me. So I, I'm not going to say that I'm going to have a day. I'm just going to be kind of be quiet about it. But in January, I took off um, January to just reconnect to myself. You know, the holiday times are over. So people are, you know, retreating and, you know, you kind of get a little bit quiet because now everybody's, you know, focused on a new year, new goals and all of that. And so this January, I took some time off for myself. I, I took a sewing class. I took, I um, paid for a 30-day unlimited yoga class. So I was taking yoga every day and I wasn't, you know, previously taking yoga. So this is like my first time really getting into it. I was reading. I have a porch with an egg chair. So I was sitting out on my porch, just swinging, reading, burning incense, candles, just having some time to myself, journaling, um, just being quiet, not doing anything, not driving. You know, a lot of my work is driving in the car. I live far from where I work. So, you know, not having to get in the car and stuff like that. I went to JQ and got some, had a whole day. Like I was in there for like 10 hours <laughs> and it didn't even seem like that long but it's like I needed all of those things I needed you know you you don't until someone is massaging you you see like I, I, I felt all the knots that I had and stuff like that and my iron was low you know so all of those things and I had to get iron and so when you're running 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 you're not always taking care of yourself you might grab a quick bite may not be the healthiest bite and so just kind of getting back to health you know, planning your meals, being intentional about even, you know, planning your meals and then also not cooking. Like, I don't want to have this obligation to, you know, cook every day also, you know, so just planning your stuff out so that you can just pull out really quick and just have something that's more healthy when you plan it. So I just had a time to myself and it was just so nice to just be quiet and to be reflective and to not do, you know, I'm one of those people that suffers from FOMO. I love to be out. I love to in the street and so I was just walking my neighborhood um might have pulled out my camera a little and just took some shots but just really enjoying you know quiet time I, I was listening to I started getting to this guy named Sai Guru listening to him talk about joy so I was like man that's what this month is going to be about is reclaiming my joy um not you know he talks about not needing um pleasure and entertainment to have that sense of joy but just being you know having that experience like whether you go out um go walking in nature no headphones you know just listening to the sounds you know like that's all important and so it's 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 helpful if you can take some time for yourself and it doesn't have to be that but even taking a bath you know taking a bath you know do a detox for yourself do an intermittent fast 
you know, for a day or just a couple of hours, just something for yourself, you know, I think it's helpful just for your mental health, your sanity, even if you don't have a business, like just as, you know, a person in the world, you know, with all the things, all the stimulus that's constantly around us, like, how are you, you know, being well? And that was my way of being well, just not doing Thank you for sharing all that. I, I am lucky that we're friends that you had told me that and I'm still smiling because I'm like, I can't, I love that. Like people yeah. say, I'm going to do this and then they don't. And I remember asking you, so like, what did you do? And I also remember reaching out and you're like, well, I'm actually off right now. Like, can we talk <laughs> later? Which yes. is beautiful. And I was like, yes, yes. Like a hundred percent. Thank you for that reminder for myself. And I know that we've been chatting and we yes. can add to the notes later about having an event together because mm-hmm. people don't know about your creative photography side yes. and, and, mm-hmm. and also like we've kind of chatted on fundraising and there's different mm-hmm. ways of doing it and of course mm-hmm. as an event planner like I think bringing community together to see what this food is and learn more mm-hmm. ways to cook it and and then of course get the community to um yeah buy in literally yeah, right yeah, and yeah. have a contribution to it so if anyone does want to donate or learn more about Umi Feeds can you share your website and your Instagram please? Sure it is umifeeds.org that's U-M-I-F-E-E-D-S dot org i am at umi fees on all social media handles instagram facebook um linkedin it may i i think i might it may be umi fees or maybe um erica klahar uh e-r-i-c-a last name is c-l-a-h-a-r if it's not under umi fees um yeah i'm 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 out there I, i am as accessible to to all and um you know i would love to connect Thank you so much. If you like this episode and you want to hear more like them, please subscribe, follow, and share with your community. Thanks again for joining us, Umi. Until next time, wishing you all good health, lots of love, and happiness. Bye. Bye.